From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to TopGolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza. With over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to another episode of The Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you. And uh, the open song from uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, Hello New Day, kind of signifies not only the Hello New Day on the ice, but also in the weather here in Southern California. The rain has finally cleared, and uh, we're getting back to some more normal Southern California sunshine. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that big, beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas where it never rains. It's always gorgeous, sunny, and about 100 degrees. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing good. It's not sunny. Well, it's sunny today, but it's it's really windy, and it's actually kind of chilly. It's in the 60s today. So Ooh. You know what we call that in Southern California? Heaven. Summer. Heaven. <laughs> yeah. But so it's uh, it's a little bit different, but uh, you know it's it's nice. It's a nice little change. We had some nineties what last weekend and stuff. So we're just kind of now we've gone the other way here, and and that's just kind of how it goes, I guess, this time of year. But it'll it won't last very long. Tomorrow, I think it's supposed to be nice. So yeah, be nice. Stop. Stop it. It's always nice there. Anyway, <laughs> not um, always. <laughs> not always. Anyway, hello, new day by Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Where we open and close this show. How about a new? Um, how about a new day? How about a new uh, TV deal for the Golden Knights? Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is is there anything more appropriate today than Hello New Day with the the clouds disappearing here and disappearing from Vegas? The sun coming out. I heard on the news this morning, Stephen, that uh, this is the first time there's been rain in Southern California in May since 2020. Go figure that one out. They don't get rain in May here in uh, my new home state, apparently. Well, they don't get a lot of rain there in general, except for this past winter where it was raining. Where they all got winter. thirty inches, <laughs> and now it's starting to all come down the uh, mountains and stuff, and yeah, snow I'm, I'm glad I'm in Anaheim. There's no mountains near me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no mountains near you, but 
Just Disney. Just Disney on one side of me, and we hear the fireworks every night. And then just down the street, your favorite baseball team, my favorite baseball team, the uh, Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. Is that correct? They might have been called. They changed their name like five different times over the last. So oh, I, we know who they are. They're Mike Trout and the boys, Shohei Otani. Yeah, it's the it's the Shohei show. Yeah, like it, like it. And then just across the street from them is the beautiful Honda Center, soon to be the home of Connor Bedard. Oh, did I say that, or was I just thinking it? Well, they have a twenty five percent chance for the number one pick. F- four days, right? Four days the till they lottery. make the uh, have the draft lottery. Yeah. Ah, uh, that'll be interesting. That will be interesting. They're still but, looking for they're still looking for a head coach too, I believe. Yeah, I believe they are. As their um, former coach now is doing TV for Sportsnet in Canada. Yeah, there's. I mean, it, there's so many things that have happened over the last I don't know three months. It's just ridiculous. Um, so anyway, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're gonna we flip can get the, it all. We can get it all in in an hour show. No, we can't. Uh, we're going to flip the script today. We're going to start NHL, and we're going to finish AHL. And, boy, uh, I saw a game last night, but we'll save that for the AHL side. You saw a game last night. Um, I told you, I said I was a little worried about LB being the goaltender, uh, Laurent Passant, uh, with the uh, the Golden Knights. I didn't know if he was going to get it done, but he's been pretty impressive, hasn't he? Well, you worried about that, but how about, how about Stuart Skinner on the other side? He gave up six. Well, five goals, I guess. One was an empty net, but... Give up five goals, and uh, LB has has been good. He's been good enough so far. As the series goes on, uh, I think he might get a little bit better each time. Uh, I I still a lot of people are saying this, and and I and I'm not one way or the other on this, but they're saying that you might see all four goaltenders in this series, and I'm talking about whether you see uh, two different goaltenders for Edmonton and then two different goaltenders for Vegas. If anything, just kind of as a as a change of, of, of pace. Uh, there's already t- questions about whether maybe Edmonton might go with Jack Campbell for game two. Now there's two days in between, so that helps, but you know, we'll persuade or, uh, uh, Skinner gave up five last night. So, uh, but that, but Woodcroft saying after the game, it wasn't really about him. I mean, you know, the, the team didn't play, play very well in front of him and gave the golden Knights a lot of good opportunities to, to capitalize. So, well, let me tell you what I saw from long distance. The Edmonton Oilers, believe it or not, are really good at scoring goals and not so great at protecting the net. Yeah, at least they weren't last night. At least they weren't last night. They left a lot of open, I think, a lot of loose uh, defensive play uh, last night for the Oilers. And, but I think that's how they – he said that wasn't you – know, they could be better, which they could, but I, I think that's a lot of how they play. And That's what and I'm think, saying. That's their that's their mo. All but they make up for it though by they make up for it because they they score a ton of goals and they're able to even in the L.A. Kings series they you know they they were they could have been down three one in the series but they they were able to come back in that in that third game was it the third game no the fourth game and they ended up winning it so it's and then winning the series so uh, this was crazy to me too that that was the Edmonton's first regulation loss. Uh, since March 11th, so it's it's been a bit for them. They've they've lost games, but it's been after the regular regular time. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's been crazy to think about that too. 
Okay. Well, before we dig into last night's game, let's talk a little bit about how the teams got to the second round, the NHL. And then uh, you've got a little sound on a little visit you had with Ben Hutton, so we'll play that. And then uh, we'll talk about where things are right now, get us to the halfway point of the show, and we'll come back and uh, go a full-blown AHL Pacific Division because it's getting interesting now. I've got, I got so much to talk about. Anyway, um, so the NHL playoffs started. Um, I called it surprises. The uh, the Avalanche ousted by the Seattle Kraken. Everybody Just as you predicted, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody calls it a surprise, but really, Stephen, is it a surprise? No. I mean, the Kraken no. played really well all year, and the Avalanche were really hurt. Really, yeah, really riddled with injuries, the Avs. And I think uh, as much as everybody wanted to, to say that that was not going to be a factor, it, it ended up being a factor. And I, as much as they didn't want to say that the Kraken could do it, but but even even with all that, it still went seven games. Seven games. Now here's the crazier thing about this. This just kind of goes to how the I guess the playoffs are going in general. Seattle's won three of the games in that series in Denver at Ball Arena on the road. So which I just saw pictures there. They got the construction crew out there uh, tearing down the ice today in in Ball Arena. Yeah, and, it's a uh, sad day. Sad day in Denver. You know, I was there all last year building the uh, pretty much the college side of uh, our business. Now I'm in Southern California working on the professional side of our business, but I still have a lot of attachments to Colorado. It was a lot of fun going through that whole experience. And not everybody can win, obviously. There's a winner and a loser every night. I saw it again last night in the AHL. Well, um, but, but anyway, Seattle moves on. Uh, their opponent, the Texas or the Dallas Stars. How about that? I almost you, get my AHL team mixed up. Texas Stars, but they're still alive too. Yeah, but Dallas Stars eliminate Minnesota again. Um, uh, one thing I took away from that Minnesota is to Nick Maxton up there in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I uh, every time I, I uh, the Wild get eliminated, I, I look for different things. And this year, I was drawn to Brock Faber, the young young man who uh, just came over to the Wild from the University of Minnesota after the University of Minnesota was eliminated in the championship game of college hockey. Um, he moved over, played a few games, and then played in the playoffs round. He didn't have to, he didn't have to go very far. No, he didn't have to go very far, but he said something that, that was kind of interesting. They asked him about it, and he said, you know, you play this game to win. That's, what, that's the ultimate goal. You want to win every time you go out there. And he said, I, I kind of have a sour taste in my mouth right now after just a, a couple of weeks because – I, I haven't won a lot lately. I lost the national championship game, and now I lost the first round of the playoffs as a professional. So, I don't know. There's got to be some more winning going on in the state of hockey, or there's going to be problems, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's always a lot of uh, expectations on on Min, uh, Minnesota to to perform just because of the it has that reputation of being being. As you say, well, say of, it, say it. The state, the state of hockey, the state of hockey, and so those. <laughs> so those I coached you into that one. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what they're known for, and and that's what they're they're branded as, and so there's a lot of expectations. And the Wild had a it was an interesting season with them because they they kind of for for a while they kind of were like you know struggling a little bit. They weren't kind of really getting into some, any sort of rhythm, and then they had a really strong second half of the season including a point where they had went like 19 0 and 3 or they had like 20 over 20 games without like hardly losing a game in regulation or really make a push 
for not only the the top spot in the division, but also trying to chase down the top spot in the Western Conference. Is is that race was tight too? And and uh, so I mean, it was they really made a, a push. The goaltending was really solid, and then uh, and then they get into the series with Dallas, and Dallas has got you know strong goaltending on on their end, and and some great skills too. So I think Minnesota. I think really wanted to get the top spot in the division, but uh, they just couldn't quite get it going there in the end. And, you know, there were some interesting moments in that series too, especially with some of the back and forth with the coaches, which is sometimes always an interesting thing in the playoffs. And certainly there was between Dean Evason and Pete DeBoer and everything. And, and uh, you know, but Dallas, Dallas moves on. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Minnesota going forward. Uh, I think, Flurry did say he 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 thinks he wants to play one more one more year and maybe that'll be it. Uh, so maybe he'll he'll be back in net and and Gustafson maybe be wow, back I, too. I almost fell out of my chair. I thought you said maybe he'd be back in Vegas. No, no. <laughs> I think those days of uh, those okay. days of that ship has sailed. <laughs> okay, um, and then well, there's the no series... ships in Vegas, but yeah, yeah we yeah, are true sand ships. Although I did hear that uh, Lake Mead rose two feet. But that's another whole story. Anyway, we'll get into It'll that. It'll probably go down three feet after the summer. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but anyway, um, so that was that series. And now it's uh, the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. Kraken lead that series already one nothing. So look up for the Kraken. They and might be the, the Vegas Kraken? Gold and Knights of year one. Well, here, here's what you know, you know, talking with people just overhearing conversation and, and stuff on, online. How much and I, and I saw Bill Fuller today. He was part, he was there for that announcement, the new TV deal. But uh, I was I was thinking, boy, if if the Kraken and, and if the Kraken win win the whole thing in their second year, Bill Foley is going to fall out of his chair because he will not be a happy man. He will not be a happy guy because he wanted to be the he wants that championship too. And this is their sixth year, and he made that big prom, you know that kind of the beginning. Oh, we're going to win cup the and cup five. Of- Cup and five, cup and six or whatever it was, and uh, I thought it was and, cup and five, but it's cup and six. I don't know, whatever. He wants here to it win is a year cup. six, and then it, and then to see another team come in after him a couple of years later, and they go to the playoffs in their second season, win their first series, and if they go on to win the whole thing, oh, I bet the uh, McCrimmon and McPhee better be uh, <laughs> they better be, be be a little careful there, but. Uh, Anyways, uh, so, okay, so the series that you're watching, Edmonton and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Edmonton gets there, as you mentioned earlier, by defeating the L.A. Kings, and uh, I thought it would be a tighter series. I really did. I know that Edmonton can score, but I just thought, uh, I'm not sold. I'm sorry. I know Stuart Skinner's up for uh, Rookie of the Year and all that stuff, but I'm just not sold on him um, down the road being a – here's the thing. In order to win a Stanley Cup, you need 16 victories. But that can take you how many games? 30? <laughs> if, if everything goes all the way out. Um, so you you play a lot of hockey after playing a full 82-game season to start with. I want to see the guys that can, can get stronger as that goes. And I'm just not sold yet on him. But anyway, uh, so the Oilers win that series against L.A., and they uh, get the opportunity to come play the Vegas Golden Knights, who were sitting back and relaxing after pretty much disposing of Winnipeg um, on Winnipeg's own ice, really. That's where they destroyed them, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, those two games in Winnipeg, I think, was a, was a big factor. Uh, you look at 
you know, Winnipeg wins game one, maybe Vegas. Okay. Not they have their game in that game. Mark Stone had just come back. He was playing his first playoff game. It was Eichel's first playoff game in his career. So he had some of that. So some, some newness there and some, some new, some nerves there. Uh, I'm sure for those guys coming back from different, different things or, or playing in a playoff game for the first time. And you look at that series and then they come back to the next game and win, win at home. And then they have to go to Winnipeg and then they have the big lead and then they let it get away from them late in game three, but then the double overtime winner by Amadio, uh, you know, in game three and then game four, a uh, couple of goals by uh, Brett Howden in that, in that game. So, I mean, it, it, so that was that. And then they come back home and, and, and the other part of that, that series too was the, this was an example of, of, of having depth and, and Winnipeg not having a lot of that. I mean, they, they lost Morrissey pretty early on in that series. Uh, one of the, their top defensemen, uh, Winnipeg was, uh, so that was, that didn't help. And then they had lost, um, uh, you know, then they didn't have Ehlers. He came back from the last game, but obviously wasn't, wasn't really the same. Uh, they lost, uh, you know, other guys too, as the series went on. So that and just, that and just a couple combination of different things, I think led to Vegas when Vegas was the, was the better team and, and deserved to win that series. But, but, uh, it was, it was a little dicey off that first game, but that's why you can't take too much into one game. Uh, but how about how about what uh, Rick Bonus? Of course, after the series ends, he he's he's unleashes that, and we're all sitting in that press conference room, and you know, people are learning us that you know, saying, okay, well, Bonus is gonna gonna speak and stuff, and somebody was joking, said he, oh, he probably won't speak too long because they just lost a tough series, you know, lost a series, and they probably, you know, coach may not say much, but little did they know that person that was correct because Bonus comes in and basically says. You know, he was disgusted by the way this team played in that game five and they had no pushback. And, and you could kind of see that in that fifth game. Vegas got off to that uh, a lead that uh, Winnipeg just kind of had nothing nothing left in the in the tank, so to speak. So, uh, well, so let, yeah, me, let, me, let me ask you this, though. You, you were there. You saw all the games in, in uh, T-Mobile. How important do you think it was right now, Stephen, as you look back, for the Golden Knights to get those extra days of rest. We know they're a veteran team. We know Mark Stone's injury uh, uh, issues. We know other players have had major injuries throughout the season. Um, how important do you think that was for them to get the rest? I know uh, you know, Edmonton kind of had a little bit of a rest too, but uh, I think it was way more beneficial, from the at least from the outside looking in, for those guys on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights to get uh, a little more time, but you're right there in person. What did you think? Did you think at the uh, same case? I think definitely. I think it was it was interesting because that that fifth game, uh, and we didn't know. Well, we knew McNabb. Had, I mean, McNabb was kind of dealing with something, and he didn't play. He he got he was after some hits and stuff in the early in the series, so he didn't play, uh, which is why we're gonna we're gonna we're, uh, we just gave Hutton an opportunity, which we're gonna hear from Hutton in in a, in a few minutes. And, the interview I did with him, but uh, so he got he got in, and then and then Theodore finds out it was already he was listed he was going to play and stuff, and then and then it turned out he he didn't play, so then Pahal came in his spot, and then we knew he had an, some sort of illness, so you already didn't have uh, McNabb and Theodore that played, so had they had to play on in that series, had to go back for Game Six, which would have been back in Winnipeg. You don't know if those guys would have been available with Theodore been back from his illness would uh, McNabb been available to play and so then you're having to 
you're not having your two top defensemen for a couple of games. But because they yep. got that game five win, they didn't have to play for several days. They were able to kind of, you know, have a day off. Then they practiced today because they didn't know when when they were going to be playing again. Then they practiced again because they don't want to. You won't have too much time away from the ice. At least you get out there and you practice, work on some things, get your touches in. As Cassie has, has said in one of those uh, press conferences during one of those days, but uh, but at least you get out there and you can practice and get get kind of you know. But you're not playing intense playoff hockey. But I think it really benefited them. And you mentioned Mark Stone's thing with his 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 issues with his back, and now we're kind of maybe starting to see a little bit of that uh, again here in this in this round. But at least didn't have to play those extra games that they would have had to play if it went six or seven games. So with travel in there with, to Winnipeg of all places. So um, yeah, I think all that was, was beneficial. And then you had, and then you have Edmonton that won their series on, on last Saturday against the Kings. And I think that this was smart on them. They didn't go home to Edmonton. They stayed in Los Angeles and practiced there at the Toyota sports center in, in El Segundo. There were the Kings, uh, practice at during the season and they just set up shop there in LA for a couple of days and then just came here to Vegas. I think that was smart on their part uh, to do that because otherwise then you're going home to Edmonton and yes, you'll, you would get a, probably a night or two in your own bed, but they probably didn't know when the series was going to start. So why, why, why go all the way home and then have to come all the way back? If now had they well, lost, why game not six, they would have had, <laughs> had to go home. Well, yeah, why, why, why go to Vegas? Uh, gee, I could think of a million different reasons why you wouldn't want to. Uh, I can think some, of 21. 21 why. different reasons. And yeah. and there's a player on there, too, that may be the and less time in summer. Vegas. And there's a player on the Oilers that the less time he spends in Vegas is probably better for him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, So I think that, that helped benefit them. But I think they were probably a little flat, but they've been obviously on the road. And, of course, the Golden Knights being able to start at home the series, I think, Help too, although overall that maybe hasn't mattered in the postseason too much. We're seeing a lot of road teams win, but I think in this case, I think that benefited from Vegas in in that regard. Uh, what's interesting about last night's game? I know we're going to get to that in a minute, but is is Jay Woodcroft apparently? And this is something he does. the The lines that they had been practicing with, like they had McDavid and and Drysaddle on the same line, and the and they were practicing it, and then I guess it warm ups. It was one way, but then when the game started, he all he mixes it all up like he wants to try. He's trying to purposely throw off the other team or something. There was been there has been some talk about that. You know, you know what Dan Biles and... calls that? Predictably unpredictable. <laughs> yes, yes, I heard that. That was that was pretty funny that you came up with that. <laughs> no, he came up with it. I just oh, repeated it to him because <laughs> he tells me that every every press conference when I ask him what's going to happen down the road, he goes, "We're going to be predictably unpredictable." So I yes. threw it back at him in that uh, in that interview. He thought that was kind of funny. Anyway, so okay, so let's let's do this. Let's jump into the Ben Hatton interview. You had a chance to visit with him after practice, as you mentioned. He stepped in with the Shea Theodore illness, and uh, and man, I got to tell you, Stephen, what I've seen from a distance is the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights players, the young players, are really uh, taking advantage of their opportunity and playing big roles. So let's hear what Ben had to say. And then we'll kind of recap it and uh, and move on. Okay. 
with Ben Hutton. Ben, first of all, how did it feel to, to get into the playoff game the other night and to get your first taste of, of NHL playoff hockey? Yeah, it felt great. Uh, obviously, you know, you never you never like being on the outside looking in. Um, but, uh, you know, I got the opportunity to get in there, and I thought, uh, I thought I did a good job and closed out the series. So that was the main thing. And, and what did you – I mean, obviously you've watched playoff hockey before and you've, you've been around playoff hockey, but just being in there and just getting a taste of it, what, what, what was the main thing about it that – was kind of like different than from a regular season just from your perspective yeah i mean uh everything everything is just a little step above you know the intensity is a little bit higher everyone's bumping and bumping and crashing a little bit more guys are trying harder to get to the net and you know guys are really being strong in the box out uh, box out um so yeah it's good it's good it's fun it's hard hockey and, and for you you know somebody that's kind of he gets kind of called called on point when needed um, you know what's What's that like, you know, how to practice and stay fresh and just for when that opportunity does arise that you, you'll be ready and get in there? Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, I, I got to trust my my, uh, my my abilities and, and stay confident uh, even with not playing because, you know, we have a we have a, we have a deep uh, deep group here forwards, back end and goalies. So, um, you know, you got to stay ready and then when called upon, uh, make sure that you are ready and conditioned and, and, uh, and ready to go. Okay, the next round is the, the Edmonton Oilers and they're very good. They have a lot of good skilled players. Um, what's... I mean, what do you, you think is going to be the key for the Golden Knights in this next round to, to, to contain Edmonton and to, to win? Yeah, I think uh, obviously we know their power play is really strong, so we want to stay disciplined and then just you know take away their top dogs, uh, you know, time and space. Uh, obviously they got some gifted players over there. You know, if you get in their you get in their face, you take away their time and space, it, uh, it'll be harder for them to make plays. And let me just ask you one about the playoffs in general. I mean, what have you seen? I mean, there's been some great series already and some upsets. So just what's, what's your thoughts about some of the other playoff action so far around the league? Yeah, uh, you know, it's been it's been fun to fun to be a part of and fun to watch. Uh, obviously, you know, you see a team like Boston has, you know, set records this year for their for their wins. And then, you know, in playoff hockey, it's a little bit different. Uh, anything can happen. And Florida came in there and showed them. So it's been fun to see and be a part of. And then one more about T-Mobile and the just seems like they step it up a notch for the playoffs and, and obviously you got to go to Winnipeg and, we, and, and see the white out there. I mean, it just seems like the the when it comes to playoff times, the, a lot of these buildings they really the fans really step it up, whether it be in Vegas, Winnipeg, around the league. Yeah, the atmosphere has been crazy. I, I mean, obviously we've only been in Winnipeg and at home, and I mean, T-Mobile, our fans are, are, are rocking. It's going wild. It's, it's it's fun to be a part of, and you can really feel the energy in the building. Cool. Well, Ben, I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. So that was oh. Ben Hutton. Yeah, good stuff. He uh, he kind of elaborates into what it's what it's like being uh you know uh, all you know if you haven't played in the NHL playoffs before, I'm guessing there's butterflies no matter how many times you played games or maybe regular season games. It's different. I mean, it's do or die every shift almost because you can't afford to make mistakes. And if you're playing defense and all of a sudden you're looking across the ice and you see. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl and all of yeah. that coming at you, man, oh man, I can't imagine the pressure that must be on a young defenseman. Yeah, yeah, and I did this interview before the series had started, and asking you know, asking about how to contain uh, McDavid and, and or containing the, uh, Edmonton, and and you know he was saying taking away their time. So I'm thinking, boy, Dreisaitl has <laughs> Dreisaitl, It's hard to stop the guy like him, man, and he's just. Stepped up another notch. I mean, four goals for for Drysdale last night, and he you talk about a guy that finds himself some time and space and and capitalizes. I mean, and 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 and, and finds the littlest spaces too. I mean, the the second goal he scored at the end of that the first period last night, he did it from kind of almost behind the net. He kind of just lifted the the puck up with the you know, and he just kind of put it off of uh, Basswa's back and into the net. I mean, 
mean, you talk about having the littlest of, of margin there, and and somebody like Drysaddle did that, and, and I'm sure Brassois is going to learn from that too, and and that's why I think, you know, Brassois now has had a feel for, you know, how this series is going to go, and I think he's going to get better, but the fact that Drysaddle had four goals all by himself, and they and and this was interesting too because. 11 goals he's had in this uh, in the playoffs so far, which we're only in round two, and Cassie was was kind of saying that. You're at the time. beginning of round two, my friend. It's just yeah. one game in one the round game. two. And he already has 11 goals. So, I mean, it's crazy. But well, going back to Bud Hutton, yeah. I mean, it's great to see him get an opportunity. And who knows what another opportunity will present itself. I mean, it, it's got to be it, – it's tough because you're, you want to play and you want to be in there and you want to – you want to play playoff hockey. That's what you grew up doing and, and want to do this. And and it was good for him to get a game in. Uh, but obviously with McNabb being back and Theodore being back, that uh, they're not going to uh, be in again, uh, at least for right now. But at least you're you just kind of staying loose and practicing and doing what you need to do to, to be ready on when called upon, which, which that's not always an easy thing to do. But, but I think that's what makes – this team's so great is that everybody is understands the situation and and well, I mean, heck, the Golden Knights didn't play Phil Kessel in the la, in the in the last game of they have the last two games. Phil Kessel hasn't been in the lineup, and you know who would have thought a guy like him wouldn't be in the lineup? But that's just because of how deep now the depth this forward core is. The defense it's a little bit different, but but uh, forwards, I mean, and with Carrier coming back and. Now Kessel's out of the lineup first time since 2009. His Ironman streak does stay intact though because it doesn't include playoff games, but but still. And and Cassie had an answer answer for that and, and saying that obviously Kessel wasn't necessarily agree with the decision, but seems to you know, but he seems to understand understand the situation. So um, yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting this time of year for sure. Okay, so you've got that series in front of you, um, and then the Kraken and uh, Stars series going on. That that's the four teams left standing in the Western Conference. So we'll keep track on those for you. Um, and then the big news today, and we'll kind of uh, go into break on this one. You had a chance to go to Circa, correct? And uh, first, first of all, news. Circa Circa is wonderful. I've, I haven't been there. In a, <laughs> I haven't been there in a while, and. And uh, I felt like going up to to Derek Stevens, who was there today. I said, "Hey, this place is. Let me just say how awesome this place is. I mean, I felt like just like sucking up to him and see if we can we can get things going with <laughs> we, them. I know we well, we, we had we something with the D. We tried to get it with Circa. <laughs> We're working on it now. Maybe it'll come back. We had the D, and the D is well, the D is fine. I mean, I, because you know we want to stay in good graces with them. The D is the D is fine, but it's no by but no it's means not it's, the Circa. It's not the Circa. I still remember when we did a when we did. Uh, when we got to go to Stadium Swim, that was uh, that was a nice uh, that was a nice evening. Paul even got to come out for that out of the basement. No, nothing there in like New York. it. Nothing like of, it. Got to come out of the New York basement there and and come to uh, Vegas for that. And and that was- let's get that straight. This is that would be the Long Island estate <laughs> that he comes out of. But anyway, so so you go to Circa today for the announcement. Uh, all these TV deals have kind of it's, blown up in the last couple of it's months. It's changing. It's changing. Yeah, the, the landscape of the of the of the regional broadcast for sports and everything has changed. We just saw something out of Arizona where the Suns are going to uh, over the air with a, with a network down there. Uh, I think that's by- great, by the way. I really think they needed that to continue to grow this. Yeah, I think so. And and obviously there's a lot of uncertainty about 
uh, regional networks uh, with uh, with Bally Sports, which which is actually now trying to fight that that moves, you know, say, hey, you know, we still have a deal with you and stuff. But, you know, with so much uncertainty and bankruptcy going on with these regional networks, uh, Warner Brother Discovery is kind of phasing out regional networks and going to focus on other things. And of course, that, if, that would have impact that impacted AT&T Sportsnet, Root Sports uh, teams that are affected by that, including the Golden Knights. So when all this was kind of coming out, uh, it kind of made them have to look at some options. And, and this option presented itself it's a new thing that that scripts has started which is a, a another media company now that's that's owns several network stations across the country including our local channel 13 here in, in las vegas uh ktnv so uh so yeah so they they kind of and then looking now to kind of get into that realm and they they've signed deals with the wnba recently and now this is the first uh pro team uh first nhl team i guess to uh to be in this uh in this kind of deal with with scripts and uh, it's going to be kind of similar, I guess, to the Suns thing. It's going to be uh, over the air. It's going to be on on on. Uh, it'll be on cable as well. It'll be on a a subsidiary channel uh, with uh, with scripts, but uh, it's going to be free and available for anybody. To, just with a digital antenna, just like you can get a lot of channels now with digital antennas and and different channels. Uh, that's going to be the case too. It'll be like I said. It'll be part of. Uh, it's a sister station of Channel 13 here, so, uh, so I'm sure they'll air some games, but majority of the games will air on this other channel, which right now airs some other programming, but they're going to kind of change change that around and stuff. So uh, I think it's going to probably look very similar uh, to the channel it was on previously. Uh, it's just regards to the, 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 the talents all staying the same. The, the, uh, you know, the, the games will still be the same, of course. The... The, there'll be pre and post game shows, all that sort of stuff that you saw before. Uh, well, but it is, is going to be different because more people are going to have access to it. I think exactly. more people are going to have access to it. And they were talked about the, you know, branding to the Rocky mountains still and, and, try, and working all that out and stuff. And, and, but it is going to be available to more people because not everybody had access to, to AT&T sports net. You had to have cable and some, and some streaming things like YouTube TV and some other, platforms that a lot of people are going to now and cutting away from traditional cable didn't have that channel so it was difficult for people to watch the golden knights when they weren't on a national uh, broadcast but, but so, let, let me interrupt you on that yeah. because i've been to vegas a few times as you know and that was the most frustrating thing for me not even if in the I hotel rooms right yes if i wasn't at uh in t-mobile there was very few places you could watch it unless you went down to a sports bar or a sports book and watch it there in that kind of environment. You couldn't sit in your hotel room and watch it because you couldn't get the channel. Gee, I so wonder. I wonder if they, is, I wonder if that was uh, by design. Well, could be, but but still, if you're going to grow the game at the grassroots, I mean, listen, the people that are going to the sports book and the sports bars, they're going to go whether they can watch it at their house or not because it's an event for them. But for the for the average person that comes in, if you go to Vegas and the and the Golden Knights are playing and you don't have a ticket or don't have a way to get in. Um, over the air is a great way to, to watch it and, and and be a part of it. Is So I think it's a huge move in the, in the right direction. But congratulations to the Golden Knights for getting that done. I'm not surprised, to tell you the truth, because they're innovators in everything, as we know, since they came into the league. They, they find new ways and new opportunities. And uh, Bill Foley is not about losing money, so he's not going to be taking any losses in this deal. Well, that's but he's one... found a way to get uh, more fans involved. Well, that's the one thing I wonder with something like this, though, is because you are going to be going to over the air. There's not a 
a subscription component to this. So, I mean, it's... You know what happens, though, Stephen? Those people that haven't been able to watch it now get interested. They buy jerseys. Yeah. They buy mem- uh, memorabilia. Um, maybe they buy tickets when they can because they get excited about seeing it. So you're you're opening up a whole new addition to your fan base. Yeah, and it may be it may be advertising too for uh, on that with whether it's Gold Knights that do that or or, or Scripps does that. It's uh, that's going to be a big big uh, advantage for that too. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a great thing, and I, yeah, more people are going to be able to to watch it. Uh, the other thing too that was kind of brought up a, a little bit was the fact that maybe in the and maybe this isn't right away, but maybe down the road is maybe this cha- channel uh, kind of uh, develops. I'm I'm saying that. I mean, they, Foley was asked, I think, or somebody asked Foley or some one of the I think Foley was the one that answered this about you know some of his other properties and some of the other teams here in town. Uh, going to this channel that'd be the Nighthawks here or the, the Henderson silver Knights. And I think they are, uh, I think from what I, from what it seemed like fully said was that they, they would look into that, into doing that, that, and, and maybe even some of the other teams that maybe he doesn't have a direct in saying like, like some of the lacrosse teams or some of the other teams here, the you know, Las like, Vegas A's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe, maybe, maybe the A's or something, but I, you know, so that new a, NBA franchise, that's going to be around the corner. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of, <laughs> they can be, they can be part of all that with with this partnership with scripts and opportunity for them and stuff so uh you know i think i think maybe you're going to you'll you'll see that i think uh the nighthawks just signed a new deal with with another net station here in their, in their uh, digital channel but but you know who knows how long these deals are and they can you know and this is probably something that's a few years down the road but it it'd be kind of nice to have something that Everybody knows, especially with Foley stuff, because he's involved in so many different things here with the with the basketball team here, the, the G League team, and the Golden Knights, the Silver Knights, and the Nighthawks. It's everything can be maybe one home. There might be some overlap because some of those seasons kind of overlap. So maybe maybe it's not all. You know, you don't have to have every one of those teams' games on. Silver Knights games here are airing only twelve or thirteen of the games a year on on local. Uh, CW and my OVTV years, so it doesn't have to be an every game thing, but they can be, they'll have a home for some of the games at least. Yep, sounds good. Okay, let's do but this. The Golden Knights games, all the games will be on. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it. Uh, yeah. Preseason, regular season, first round, postseason games. No surprise. We'll all be on, uh, we'll be on TV. Mm, no surprise. No. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. We got AHL stuff to talk about, and we'll be back in about three minutes. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. 
After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you today from Anaheim, California. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining us from uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Never thought I'd say this, uh, Scott, but I wish those that break was a little bit longer. I wish we had some more partners we could we could play right now during this break. Uh, you need a break? Uh, yeah, we're working we're working on the partner deal. Normally, that, that deal that that first uh, half hour of show really uh, really wore me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was the NHL side of things. Of course, there's the AHL side of things, which is really our bread and butter. That's where we're um, the only media outlet to uh, to cover the entire Pacific Division of the American Hockey League. And uh, it's been a real treat for me this year, Stephen, because as you know, last year it was a lot of time uh, up in Colorado with the Eagles. Nothing wrong with that. I did make the trip out to Stockton uh, for the playoff series there. And um, what I'm finding is that uh, the American Hockey League is really, really good and exciting hockey. And I saw the series between Tucson and uh, Coachella Valley up close and personal. Now I'm seeing the Colorado Coachella Valley series up close and personal, and uh, it's uh, it, it, it's pretty impressive. What's your thoughts from afar? Yeah, you know, it's been kind of interesting. I mean, you look at the Calgary-Abbotsford series, both games in Calgary going to overtime, Calgary ultimately winning those two games, and then now going to Abbotsford, and Abbotsford winning last night, taking the first game of those uh, of the three, the, potentially three there in Abbotsford to stay alive in the series. So uh, it's been interesting. And then the Coachella Valley series has been interesting. You had a one nothing game the last game, and then, you know, now it's a, a 2-2 series after what happened last night. And it was, uh, it's it's what you want to see, though, in playoff hockey. It's it's exciting. It's uh, It certainly gets the, the fans going and makes it fun for everybody involved in it. And it's been a heck of heck of some series. I mean, I who would have thought Abbotsford still be alive with with Calgary as good as Calgary's been? But I mean, they were a couple of goals away in game one or in, or in game two from 
you know, be the series being the other way around. It just shows you how how tight it's been in those between those two teams. And then Yeah, I totally totally agree with you. And when you talk about environment, Stephen, last night was about as raucous as uh, I've been in and you know you've been uh, to Colorado, you've been to different uh, the Silver Knights games and different AHL facilities. You know how raucous they can be, but uh, about seventy three, seventy four hundred fans in the uh, the uh, Akershire Arena last night. And uh, Coach Bilesman told me afterwards he thought it was a sellout because he you sure wasn't was an loud. extension of uh, stagecoach. <laughs> no, it definitely was not. It definitely was not. Um, so basically. It, there's a bunch of things I want to talk about here, and I'll try to do them quickly because we only got about 16 minutes left of the show. But uh, first and foremost, I think it's intriguing in a five-game series where the uh, the topper, the upper seed of the this series gets to choose two games on the road, three games at home, or or vice versa. You want to play two at home and three on the road. Um, Calgary chose to play two at home and go on the road for three. They won their first two at home. They lost game three um at uh at abbotsford now they got two left at abbotsford due to win one that was one's theory the uh coachella valley firebirds chose to go on the road for their first two games they won the first one lost the second one in a tight one goal game they came back here knowing they had three games to play and two games to win to to get it done um they lost a tight one it was a one nothing overtime game uh, that could have gone either way, quite frankly. It was just one one play that that got it done and got Colorado the lead. But what, what the point I'm getting at is it, the coaches have to make this decision uh, based on their team and what they feel their team is capable of. And uh, I think both have worked out to this point. As we know, last night a 4-3 victory for uh, Coachella Valley means that there'll be a game five. Love this. Love this. The media people... Uh, came up to me last night and they said, "Hey, on Cinco you... de Mayo? It, no, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Cinco de Fuego. You came up with that, right? No, no, I did not. The the media people came up to me and I said, know. "Hey, this is going to be the biggest party." But you're going to that... go. But you're going to go full in on it, though. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, why would I not? They said this is going to be the biggest Cinco de Mayo party in Coachella Valley, and they would like us to use Cinco de Fuego uh, with my uh, my new friend, the uh, the mascot Fuego. Uh, Fuego? Yeah, I don't know. Just something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so what, so I thought that was kind of cool. It's going to be a packed barn on Friday night. It's going to be a winner-take-all, obviously. Coachella Valley uh, would, would have the opportunity to, uh, to play some games, more games here in front of their fans. Colorado will get a chance to play more games in front of their fans. So it means a lot to both franchises. Ironically, um, the Seattle franchise eliminated the Avalanche, so now... Will the Eagles return the favor, or will the Seattle franchise continue to uh, to do what they do? Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very uh, good game for sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, a game on Cinco de Mayo. I mean, it's gonna be really uh, Cinco de Fuego. <laughs> Cinco de Fuego, right, right. Uh, I mean, that's just. How could you? How could you? <laughs> I'm sure that this is just a dream, dream scenario, right? I think which is why they wanted the two games or the three games at home because they knew maybe the scheduling was going to work out where the one of these games would fall on that day, and and they were going to have that. Uh, no such thing here with with the Golden Knights because their game actually got moved, but of course that wasn't their decision though. But 
anyway, okay, so, so so let's do this. I've got sound to play. First one is going to be from Coach Greg Cronin uh, after Sunday afternoon's one nothing victory. I think you'll like what he had to say. And then we'll go to last night's game and get some sound from uh, head coach Dan Bilesma and um, the uh, eventual game winner shorthanded in Alexander True in just a second. Coach Greg Conan right now. Playoff hockey time. Uh, Coach Greg Conan with me with the Colorado Eagles after a victorious one nothing victory in overtime. Coach, uh, just your thoughts on the, the outcome of the game. It was playoff hockey, wasn't it? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of scoring chances. I thought it was a tight checking game, both teams, and you just got a sense right after the first 10 minutes it was going to be a real tight fight for ice and fight for scoring chance type of game. You know, HL playoffs are a little different in the fact that uh, it's two and three, right? So they came up there to play you guys uh, the first two games. Now it's three here. Did it really make any difference to you guys? No, we talked about it. I mean, obviously the, the home team gets the last change, so strategically they can place guys on the ice that they feel are giving them an advantage. But we've always kind of played well when we just roll four lines, and we talked to them about that. You know, you got to be aware of the top players. You do get caught in a change, but I, I kind of like when we just roll lines and we play. Our game's about pace and vertical hockey, getting pucks deep, and that's what we emphasize. Just the way you drew it up, Keaton Middleton gets the puck on his stick and scores it for you, right? Yeah, I think I think Jacobs deflected it on the way through. Okay. So as we, we were telling him after the period was over, start shooting the puck because we kept trying to make plays, particularly late in the third period, and missing them that wide. So it finally clicked there two minutes into overtime. Tell me a little bit about this season so far. It's been a mix, right? You've had guys coming in and out uh, due to injuries up on top, and um, you got guys coming in that are making a difference in college. Uh, it's, it's just typical AHL, or is it a little no. different this year? I've been, this is what, my seventh year and basically 20 years uh, gap between the first year and this year here. It's just been a completely bizarre year. I mean, right. we've gone through like 56 players who would joke around before the game, like we'd be in big trouble without the college guys. And it was one of the first year, you know, my, my five years, the first time we brought in like five college guys. Right. And uh, thank God we had them. I mean, Sandlin played a big role tonight filling in. Steinberg, who's a college guy, and then Pavel came in and filled in a really good job for Smallman, and then obviously Sam has done a terrific job on the back end, so we're fortunate to have them now, and they're all contributing. Okay, so uh, one more to uh, move on. Um, what's the strategy going to be for Wednesday night? Oh, it's, we're going to play the, our style of hockey. Like I don't get into too much what the other team does. Um, we'll look at the tape, and we'll try and make some adjustments to give ourselves the best chance to win. Goaltender was outstanding again, right? Oh, he was terrific. He made. There was a period of time when, like, the game was kind of an ebb and flow game. We had some some long shifts in their zone that I think you know gave us some momentum, and then they had unbelievable momentum after they got their power play and they had multiple grade A chances. And JoJo was outstanding in that in that uh, in that uh, two or three minutes there. And I know the Big Club playing in Seattle tonight in the elimination game. Um, kind of a rivalry going on between you two franchises. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you, you know, when you looked at it and you looked at where we would go if we won and if they won, then you see the abs lined up with Seattle. It's, it was just a, it's an interesting matchup. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Uh, stay out of the sun. It's going to be hot here, I understand. <laughs> 105. <laughs> Thank you. That's nothing to you, 105. Coach Cronin, uh, some, some pretty interesting comments, Stephen, including the fact that they went through 56 players and signed five college players. The AHL at its finest, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. He said he's never been through a season quite like this. I mean, it's just, it's just the it's the AHL kind of in a in a nutshell. But even that's even extreme. I think even for for an AHL team to go through. Uh, but obviously, we, we talked about the first part of the show with the NHL side of things and and the Avs and part of the problems that they had uh, this year at times and and again in the playoffs was the injuries they had to a lot of their key players. So of course that means call-ups from the American Hockey League team to fill those voids and then also probably some injuries within the AHL team itself. So that that provides all that. I mean the Silver Knights had had issues with that, but they it, it fairly affected them. They didn't even they weren't even good from the get you know, they didn't even make the playoffs so uh the eagles have done a really good job of of managing that it, you know part of that is the the depth that you have in, as an organization from the top to the bottom going from your your uh, i mean you look at the the utah grizzlies which i believe are the echl affiliate of the of the avalanche and uh, they're doing quite well too in the echl playoffs right now so um, well they were. They, they were they won the first two games lost the next four they're out <laughs> oh, oops, I guess I have Anyway. I've, uh, I've got too many things on my plate. I haven't followed it. That yeah, I, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so so that was Sunday. Um, I thought it was interesting. Here's a couple of points that I, that, that I thought was really interesting. In addition to the scheduling, the way that worked out. But Colorado wins, or uh, Coachella Valley wins 6-2 on uh, the first game up there last Wednesday. Then Thursday night, it's a back-to-back, and they lose a squeak rank, was 3-2. Um, so they come back here dead even. They have three games to, to win two. Uh, they play a game on Sunday, which was really a defensive battle. And as Coach Cronin said, a fight for space on ice. Um, there wasn't much available, but it's a one nothing overtime loss. Okay, the two sides, uh, now all of a sudden things flip dramatically, right? Because now Colorado's got an elimination game coming up where they can win this thing by winning last night. Um the uh, Firebirds and Coach Bilesman were telling me, you know, this isn't done yet. It's just one game. Um, we've got more to play. We got, uh, you know, he, he, in his words, he told me when we started this series, we figured we had 300 minutes of hockey to play. And uh, whoever comes out on top at the end of 300 minutes, he said, we didn't expect it to be three games or four games. We expected it would be five 60-minute games, 300 total minutes. He said we extended it a little bit by two minutes by playing in the overtime. But he really expected his team would have to go all 300 minutes plus to uh, to determine whether they win or lose in this series. And ultimately, that's what's going to happen. Alexander True, as I said last night, scored a second of the game uh, shorthanded on the backhand. And uh, Coach Bilesman will tell you he was pretty sure that, um, that they were going to hold on and, and just try to kill that penalty and maybe have to go to overtime again. And uh, all of a sudden, Alexander True came up with a big one. So let me play a little sound. First, Alexander True. Uh, then we'll talk with the Riker Evans. And then a couple of comments from Dan Bilesma. This on last night's performance at uh, the Akersher Arena. Here we go. Alexander, Alexander True first. Alexander, what was the, uh, the start like tonight? It was more of a Firebird-type start. Something said in the locker room beforehand? or um, We all kind of knew that... Uh... We had our backs against the wall a little bit, so it's no, uh, not a lot of room for uh, for errors and not being ready from the start. So I think we all just knew that we had to be ready from the start. What's it like to play a team that's as veteran as they are and as strong as they are? Um, you just know that they're not going to give up uh, a lot of uh, odd man rushes. They're going to be uh, tight defensively, so 
got to be good at, at scoring on our chances and, and executing and stuff like that. Were the fans into it for you guys as much as they were for the rest of us? Because they were flying tonight. Everybody was uh, was in the game from the start. Oh, yeah. Um, fans have been great. Uh, fans have been great all year and it definitely gives us a boost uh, with uh, with them cheering us on. So uh, it's going to be exciting on Friday. We hope uh, the fans can be just as loud. What's going to be the key to getting the... Uh, the elusive game five um just sticking to our game plan and, and all working for each other and um yeah just play fiber talking all right steven there you go that's the uh, two goal scorer uh alexander true talking about uh how important it is to play and get off to a fast start that quote unquote being firebird hockey your thoughts on that yeah i mean when when your back's against the wall you have to really you have to give it all out there and and the firebirds certainly do that i mean they've they've faced a lot of resilience even though they've been a really good team this year um maybe that's part of this is that you know now they've they've faced a deficit in the series for the first time and had to win to save their season and and they got that of course it was they had to do the same against tucson it was a a two uh one one uh series and they had to win to move on and and they did that um, so, I mean, this team, when, as we've seen so far, when their backs are against the wall, they've, they've been able to perform through. So, uh, last night certainly was no different. Okay. Game five coming up on Friday, Cinco de Fuego. All right. Let's hear from Riker Evans real quick. And then a couple from Dean Bilesma and we'll say goodnight. Hold on one second. Here's Riker Evans. Riker, if you can uh, just explain the fast start tonight, what was said in the locker room, what was the preparation for coming out like that? I mean, we kind of had our backs against the walls there. The uh, series was on the line, and uh, we did what we did all, all season. Uh, we played our hearts out, and we just stick to our game. Obviously, we got rewarded there. Third period, uh, you looked like you were maybe getting taken two a little bit, um, and then you, you found a way to get a short-handed one. Yeah, no, that was a huge play by uh, by Carson and Trusy there to, to finish it off. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we came up a bit slow, but we were able to come up with it. What do you have to do on uh, – on Friday to get the uh, elusive Game 5 victory? Same thing we did today. Uh, play hard, play fast, uh, just stick to what we know, and uh, I mean, we should get rewarded. Can you feel the difference between uh, the youngsters and the youngness of your team versus maybe the experience on their team, or is it pretty much equal now? I mean, we haven't really looked at that. Uh, I mean, we got, we got a, young, a lot of young, talented guys uh, playing hard, and uh, I mean, we're, we're out working, and uh, I mean, we're just looking to get better. These young guys bring a lot of energy, so I mean, we just go out there and we play hard. Have they matured this year? Because they're they're not backing down. None of the uh, the young guys are backing down. Yeah, I mean that's why they were picked. They're uh, they're obviously very skilled and they don't back down. Uh, they have a game plan and uh, and they're they're fitting right in with us. So it's been awesome. All right, that's Riker Evans. Uh, you know nothing nothing new there. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he also said their backs were against the wall. Uh, that was a common theme. That was the buzz word, the buzz box words. I'm calling it now <laughs> for the game. Um, be careful about putting Mark Stone's back against the wall. Though. Yeah, That's nobody wants to do sense. that. Nobody wants to do that. The that, Oilers that. might want to do that. Yeah, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, since we're running out of time, we'll quickly go into Dan Biles here. It's just about uh, three minutes or so, but just want you to hear what the coach had to say last night as he prepares his team for game five. All right. All right, coach, you just uh, described for us the start, and is that what you were looking for out of this team tonight? Uh, 
I think uh, when we've been good here in the playoffs, um, you've seen us come out of the gates pretty hard and pretty strong, and, and uh, the backs are against the wall with, a, with this game tonight, and, and the guys uh, responded and came out uh, guns blazing and came out strong. And great to see the, the two goals go in the net to get us out, to get us started in this game. How big was it to get the fans behind you and into the game immediately? Because they were right there. I, I thought it was sold out. I, I don't think it quite was, but it sure felt like that. And uh, I think we've had uh, a lot of experiences this year with the fans uh, from, from day one, different types of games. Um, Different types of wins, comebacks, uh, some some nail biters, a, a goal late to win the game, and the teddy bear toss, and we've, we've given the fans a lot of a lot of unique experiences, and and uh, this is playoff hockey, and. Uh... Okay, so you heard him say this is playoff hockey. Let's hear a little more from head coach Dan Bilesma. Uh, this is playoff hockey, and uh, the fans responded in kind. Alexander gets two goals tonight, but I thought he was equally as big uh, all over the ice. I mean, he was physical. He was good in the faceoff dot. I know you had him out there at the end. Um, was this one of his best games? I I, I think he he was kind of the the, the leader in indicating how we were going to come out and, and play this game. He was uh, jumping right from the start, and we asked a lot of him, and uh, he he was uh, he was the leader out there for, for us and how we want to play and, and he was big all night long. He came up with the, the goal late in the game. Obviously, that was a big, big point in the game. We're going on the penalty kill late in the game, three and a half left. And, um, you know, you're just hoping to kill kill this off and, and try to win it later. And uh, he came up, Carson, Carson came up with a big play and, and a Excuse me. Allowed for Truzy to, to get on the breakaway, and Truzy's been uh, he's been he's been our shootout boy all year long, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, but uh, came up big when the when the moment was big. Final one. So that one uh, a little more on Dan Bilesma and Alexander True and his performance. The final one from Dan Bilesma right here. Final one for me is you got uh, a veteran team on the other side. You guys are pretty young and obviously first year here. Um, have the guys matured to the point where you thought they were ready for this moment and they're ready for the moment on Friday night? Yeah, it's going to, you know, it's, it's uh, our, our team and our players have grown throughout the year and we've had uh, multiple hurdles and multiple obstacles and we've had people out of the lineup and in the lineup and um you know this this group of guys has has grown throughout that and they we may have some young faces in the lineup but uh they've proven time and time again that they're they're up for the task and, and they were up for the task tonight and just gives us an opportunity to, to do it again. just gives us an opportunity to do it again he says um so that's what we expect Friday night, another battle. Uh, I will tell you one quick thing in closing, Stephen, that uh, one Shane Wright uh, got his opportunity again once his junior season was over. He came up for the last game or two of the regular season and then the playoffs. And um, one thing I've been 
uh, a little bit disappointed as I haven't seen him much in my viewfinder. He's gotten a lot of opportunities, but you know me. When I'm taking pictures, it's the, the guys that keep popping up in my camera lens are the guys that I know are having an uh, impact on the game. Not to say that he's not, but he certainly is not what I expected out of that. Any surprise from you uh, real quickly on Shane Wright? I don't know. I mean, I... I... I saw him a little bit, obviously, when he was had a stint here with the the Firebirds before he went to his junior, back to his junior, or before he went to the World Juniors, and then and then the junior season after that, and everything, and and uh, you know, I I mean, he he was he looked good then, but I mean, I it's I think maybe it's just that it, it sometimes it takes a bit to adjust to this this level, especially at the the playoff level, and I I don't know, I mean. He he's a good player, but uh, you know maybe maybe uh, it's. By the way, we got some really good pictures, and and you put some of those up on Twitter. Those those are some good pictures, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you you've seen him more recently, so you have more of a of a pulse well, on that. But here here's what I compare him to, and I'm gonna go quickly because we are all the time. But um, Ty Cartier uh, played with the yeah. the Firebirds. Look and- at him now. Yeah, and got his opportunity with the uh, crack and scored in uh, his first playoff game. And uh, now he's a mainstay. And from what I'm told, Dave Haxtell likes him, likes his style, likes his, his uh, poise and character. I don't think he's coming back. I think he's a Kraken now. And uh, I, with Shane Wright, I think that's what he's missing. As I was telling uh, our our colleague Paul Hornstein today off air, I said, uh, you know, Shane Wright, I think, needs to – adjust he needs to adjust because uh you mentioned leon dreisaitl and he always finds the uh, finds a way to get time and space and get his shot off and that's what i think uh, shane wright needs to work on over the summer uh, to be ready for next year and see if he can crack that kraken lineup um but anyway that just an interesting concept an interesting thought and uh from the viewpoint of my camera lens and by the way yes it was great because the uh the guys over at the Firebirds gave me uh, a hole, a cutout hole, and uh, that that makes it a lot better to take pictures when you can shoot them through the cutout hole. You got to watch out because that puck comes at you 110 miles an hour. But I was going to um, say, don't uh, careful. You might have a, might have a broken phone or something. Uh, yeah, my 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 Z-Tech, uh had one of his camera lenses break. He's the official photographer for the rain and the Firebirds, and he uh, he took one in the camera lens. Just remember uh, a couple, to, couple just, weeks ago. Just remember to keep. Oh, close that uh, hole there when the play is coming towards you. Yeah, that's not an option. That's not. You either <laughs> open it or close it. You don't. You don't do anything in between. <laughs> it's not like the NHL you, where it just slides. It just no, slides in it, and out. You have to stick it out into the ice surface and pull it back and <laughs> tighten oh, it. And if you do that, it. you're you stand a chance of uh, deflecting a puck, and there would be some anger uh, thrown your way if you did that. So, <laughs> yes. nope. Once it's open, it's open till the uh, play stops. Okay. All right. Take it away, my friend. We've uh, we've run long as normal. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift for yourself or someone special. Search for T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. 
Behind the Mask. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. Wherever, whether you play on ice or in line, Caesars Sportsbook app. Play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesars Rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food, quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Top Golf, go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza since 1978, better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world, caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, all one word, on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. You got it done with two minutes to spare before they turn us off and unplug us. But another great show, great stuff, great content. Well done. Uh, keep up the good work with the uh, NHL playoffs. I'll try to do what I can uh, on the AHS, AHL side of things until this season comes to an end and a Calder Cup has been awarded and a Stanley Cup has been awarded. Wouldn't it be cool if that Calder Cup uh, ended up in Colorado or Calgary or Coachella Valley, somebody in the West Pacific, Pacific Division, and the Golden Knights uh, took it home or um, – Seattle Kraken took it home uh, to uh, to keep the Stanley Cup out west as well. How do you feel about being here late June for a parade? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, anyway, just want to throw all those things out there. We'll say goodnight for little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Good night, everybody. <laughs>